Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It's high noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience, a really good head of hair, and we're sad. And that's what you should know by now. (laughs) Anything else? Figure it out over the next 120 minutes. Get at us on the Twitter.com. Questions, comments, concerns, reactions. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. Arthur Motes, I... Days like today's show, I never know how to... Nights like this, I wish (laughs) that raindrops would fall. Let it rain, let it rain. (laughs) I never know how to get into shows like this. You know what I mean? Like there is me, no way to get into this show like this. You just cry. It's it's got to be like Sad going way. to the pool over the summer. Cry. You know, like there's two ways to get into the pool when you're growing up, right? Mm-hmm. You can like start in the kid end, you know, and get you, and maybe you put your legs in up to your knees first, mm-hmm. then up to your waist, and you kind of feel it out, and then right, eventually right. you go under, or you know, like. I was, and I'm sure I imagine you were as well. You know, you just wild boy, just cannonball right into the deep end, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is one of those shows where we just got a cannonball into the deep end. There's no easy way to get into this, to smoothly transition into what happened last I mean, night. Which part of this is the deep end? I, I mean, right. This is like the ocean we're in right now. I don't think we're in a pool anymore, man. Uh, this is this is it the Pacific, the Atlantic, maybe both. I'm not yeah, sure. Th- but th- this is drowning territory we're in right now. And maybe that's where I'll go, Arthur Motes. Um, I don't know if it'll start today because today's just going to be a lot of the initial reaction. We're Everyone's morning. still trying to process what happened. The sadness, the grief. Yeah, less than 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. But it's going to start soon, Arthur Motes. If not today, it'll start this week soon where different factions of, one, the Steelers fan base, two, the people who cover the Steelers for a living, both here in Pittsburgh and nationally, mm-hmm. are going to start trying to pinpoint blame, give the lion's share of blame to one entity. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear people come come out and say it's all because of Ben Roethlisberger and and his decline and his age and his performance. You're going to hear people come out and say it's all Mike Tomlin and Randy Feetner and Keith Butler and the coaching staff. You're going to have people that are going to say the defense didn't do enough down the stretch, particularly after they lost the big names of Bush, Bud, and and, and going at it uh, without Joe Hayden in the playoff game yesterday as well there's going to be a lot of different people both in Pittsburgh both outside of Pittsburgh both Steelers fans and non-Steelers fans who are going to try and pinpoint this is the reason the Steelers lost Mm -hmm. and got their butts whooped by the Browns on Sunday night Arthur Motes that's the easy way out that's seeking comfort as coach Tomlin would say Mm -hmm. because everybody is culpable there, there's there's not any, oh, it was this, oh, it was that, it was X, Y, and Z, well, see, it was A, think, B, and C. But I think that's the beauty of it, right? When you talk about those people that are going to be looking for things to address or point to, you're going to have a plethora of options. Yeah. Each option that people are going to point to, whether you point to Ben, 
Whether you point to the coaches, whether you point to them resting certain starters in week 17, whether you point to the lack of um, physicality that we didn't see defensively, whatever you want to point to as the reason, they are all correct. Yep. Each and every one, I can assure you, you are absolutely right. So whoever you choose to put this blame on, you're correct in that. Because they did share an equal portion well, of that. Well, that's what I mean. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Not, like, people might try and pinpoint it as just one yeah. thing. Mm-mm. I oh, wish it was that simple. No, but it, it's, it's, it's multiple things. And multiple things. The funny thing, and we talked about this, we said this is the gift and the curse. Right? We've been saying this for the past however many weeks now, right? It's not new issues. Was there anything different that happened last night that we hadn't seen all year? Let's go. We, we, Let's seriously, go the snaps, right? We've seen we've seen Pouncey had right bad snaps. Start. We've even seen this Did happen even, last year against the Rams, so we've seen that before. I almost had to mute the TV one play into the game. Pouncey snaps that ball over Ben's head, and mm-hmm. let's be honest here. Ben Roethlisberger could have actually been the Big Ben clock tower in London, mm-hmm. and that pass would have still sailed over yes. his head. I mean— Ben's not a tiny dude. His nickname mm-hmm. is Big Ben, and that wasn't even – Ben yes. could jump like LeBron, and that still would have gone. Mm-hmm. Ben could jump like Vince Carter, and that still would have gone no question. over his head. And then Chris Collinsworth goes, that's so uncharacteristic of the Steelers and Pouncey. Dude, what, like, what have, have you, you been, been watching, watching all year? Between the snaps, the snaps oh, high or on the ground the past two years. Almost Let's be real. Fourth down later in the game, but we, we, Ben was yes. able to scoop that ball. Absolutely, but literally the past two years we've seen oh, these issues. So right. that wasn't new. This year. It's been the last that two years. That wasn't new. And, and remember, this resulted in points last year as well with the Rams game. But it was multiple mm-hmm. snaps that were either low or high, and we talked about that being something that we had to get addressed. So that's not new. The turnovers. We said, man, this offense, right? At times we know that, hey, man, they turn the ball over. We've seen Ben sometimes, especially later on, where it wasn't he, he wasn't seeing the field as good as he needed to. That showed up again. We talked about some of the drop issues. The the drops. That wasn't the first time we've seen drop passes. That wasn't the first time we've seen drop passes result in turnovers either. That happened last night. And then, like I said, from a defensive standpoint, tackling. We talked about that going into this game. We said, man, last week against the Browns, that was not a good performance defensively because of the missed tackles. And people would say that, hey, man, it was the JV squad. And we're like, no, it was not. (laughs) That narrative we showed you was false. It was a couple of big names not playing out there, but a large majority of the guys were still there. And they were having issues tackling a week prior. And then we saw it show up again in an even bigger way yesterday. Mm-hmm. Once again, not a new issue. We spoke on once Bud went down how we needed to see more consistency out of the pass rush. T.J. White needing to step up a little bit more. Cam Hayward as well. We didn't see that last night. And even with their offensive line getting banged up during the game, already coming into the game banged up, once again, we talked about how, man, sometimes it seems like they don't create that hostile environment. Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Gary Gilbert, right? We talked about it. We said, man, you got to create a hostile environment. It wasn't the same for a while. So last night, that wasn't new either. No, and then we not. talked about this uh, this defense, right? Big plays. We said, man, all season long, we've seen them give from the first game of the year splash. with Darius Slayton. The splash plays yep. have been one of the, the Achilles heels yep. of this defense. Yep. That showed up again last night. So none of these things just magically appeared. Yep. Anybody who's been along for the journey has noticed this, and this is what we kept seeing when they were 6-0, when they were 9-0. When they were 10-0, we kept saying, you have to address this. If you allow these things to fester and you solely just rely on the fact that, well, we're undefeated, our record is what it is, and you feel as if you're above reproach and don't need to correct it, they will eventually come back to get you. We said that. We said you can get away with some of this against Jacksonville. 
against the Cowboys, who were down to their fourth quarterback at the time. Against, you know, the, these other just teams that were dealing with issues, the Broncos, the, the, the Texans at the time, the Eagles at the time. But it's like when you start playing higher caliber teams, that catches up to it. And we mm-hmm. saw that, especially these last six games of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go one and five down the stretch, and you saw at that part of the season, too, where the schedule got a lot harder for them. To me, I mean, it, it was it was one of those things where it was inevitable. Everything that they did at the end of the year to even limp into the playoffs, because that's realistic what happened. They really limped into this thing. It just still had that feeling of if anything were to happen positive, it's going to still be a, a, almost a overachieving right. because of all of these other underlying issues that have been there and been becoming more prevalent. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I figure I didn't have to mention this, but – Where's that running game? We, we still looking Jeez, for a running game? Jeez, oh, man. Because I, I, I figured that was the first time we haven't seen a running game this year either. No, well, no, you're right. That's been going on as well. A lot, so, a lot like literally. The, a lot like the snap issues. This has been past two years. This been has been going on. Yeah. This has been going on. So, yep. when we talk about addressing issues, when we talk about having hard conversations, we talk about having to fine comb through these things, right, and really get to the minutia, the details, Yes, people are going to get their feelings hurt. Yes, people are going to feel uncomfortable because you can't continue this. This this is not acceptable. This has become the new status quo right now. I mean, you think about just these past couple of years, what we've seen from this team, the lack of postseason appearances, and then you get into a postseason against a division foe that has you forever have dominated this matchup for the past 20 years, yeah. and that's the performance that you put out there across the board. It's just unacceptable. That's not the stealer way. So as frustrating as it is, you you have to have these very, very difficult conversations. Oh. And even more so – There's no hiding Even more season. so the, the decision-making that you're going to have to do because mm-hmm. now it's one thing to talk money. It's one thing to talk contracts, <laughs> cap hits, and things like that when you're winning. When you put together a, a, a end of November slash December slash first week of January the way the Steelers did – that's that's not okay, and that's gonna get heavily evaluated. And you and you open yourself up to this now. You open yourself up oh, to absolutely. now. We really have to have conversations in, in terms of Ben, right? Forty-one million dollar cap hit, regardless of what you thought of his performance last night. Because I look at that performance last night very similar to Jameis Winston on the season last year, thirty for thirty. Are you going to spin it as well? He threw for thirty touchdowns and, and five thousand passing yards. Or are you going to spin it? That he had thirty picks. So you let me know how you want to spin it, because. The 500 passing yards, four touchdowns, 47 completions. The rebuttal is 68 attempts, four turnovers, and not to mention 77 yards and a touchdown came on the last drive in garbage time. So when you factor in all of those things, you're going to, in terms of the, the organization, they have to make decisions in terms of extending, remaining, hmm. potentially taking an alternative approach. He's opened himself up for that because of last night. Not only him, Randy Feekner is another one. They're going to evaluate him at a very, very high level because of this. When If you're winning, man, you can overlook some of these things. If you're winning, you can have shortcomings. You can have flaws, and it's okay. We can, we can, we can work around it. But when you go, like I said, one and five down the stretch, the, the the status quo is not okay anymore. You have to do something to make adjustments because clearly the Browns have shown that they have been able to close that gap a little bit, right? The biggest oh. difference we thought was the quarterback no. play. That was always the, the, the ace in the hole. Even right. when Mason Steelers went out last week, we got Ben. We got Ben. Well, now we just saw in the biggest game of the year, or excuse me, the 2020-2021 football season year, the biggest game of the year for the Steelers and the Browns, 
our quarterback got outdoing in that situation right there. It's unfortunate. Now, granted, like I said, all of it wasn't on seven, not no, at all. No, and not. we're not saying that at all. But he did play a part in that. Mm-hmm. And, and that was always our ace in the hole. That was always our, we got this. And yesterday showed that that wasn't the case. Now, mm-hmm. we said based on these last six games, what we've seen from Ben compared to what we saw the first 11 have been night and day. It's been, uh, it's been drastically different. So that's why I said they're going to have decisions to make. They're going to have conversations that they got to have. And it's not easy. But then same things are going to be had with Juju. Juju, I mean, he, he showed up last night and played well, but his play throughout the season was inconsistent at times. Sometimes, man, he looked really good, was Ben's most reliable target. Then other games, it was almost as if he wasn't out there. So how do they proceed with him going forward? Because contract year, right? You have to either pay him or he's going to hit this market. So you're going to have a tough decision to make there. James Conner. James Conner's another one. Villanueva. Matt Fowler. Mike Hilton. Cam Sutton. All, all of these guys. Mike uh, Pouncey's another one. Marquise Pouncey, because of his contract situation. You're going to have multiple serious decisions. Decisions in terms of do you go with legacy? Because these people, obviously, they have that nostalgia, right? They touch our hearts, and that's why we love them so much. We've seen so many big moments from them. But now you have to start having those conversations of, am I going to allow my nostalgia and this legacy to continue with this person probably another year or two too long too long than we should or do we make that hard decision to move in a different direction we don't see the Steelers make those decisions often but they have done it in the past obviously Troy Palomalu probably being the most recent one and most prevalent one of, of that bunch but we don't really see that a lot typically you know when, when, when guys get to the end of it they either retire or they still get to pull out that deal so that's going to be the unique part in terms of with the Steelers' mindset is now, obviously, all of those questions will be answered throughout this offseason, but that is the reality right now. And it's a harsh reality, Arthur Motes. That it is. I mean, some people feel like Ben doesn't have it anymore. Some people feel like he does have it. You know what, though? To me, I think you touched on something important there when you talk about the ace in the hole for the Steelers. And you know how we always talked about, all right, we got this defense and we got Ben Roethlisberger. And that's, you know probably better than you could say for almost every team in the division, right? Maybe mm-hmm. last year with the exception of the Ravens. Because you can talk about how they went one and done in the playoffs last year, Baltimore, but they were 14-2 and two with the league right. MVP. Absolutely. Motes, that's, that's gone. Yeah. Uh, when, the, when, when the Steelers were last winning playoff games, the Browns were going 0-16 and 1-15. and mm-hmm. So look at the ground that's been made up there. In the last, both of those the teams, have gone from both winning, of those teams won playoff games the, yesterday. The Think Browns about that. have gone from winning one game in two years to winning a road playoff game in Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh scoring 48 Listen, points at Heinz Field back-to-back weeks beating the Steelers back-to-back weeks think about that man let's let's throw the Baltimore Ravens into that equation too remember uh, Lamar couldn't win in the playoffs a, a team that has now made the playoffs yeah. for the third straight year and one, just won one a play. road playoff yeah. game against a good Titans team mm-hmm. a hot Titans team we talked about both of those teams coming in nobody wanted to play those two teams and they did it on the road yeah and let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, who now the injury throws a monkey wrench into things, certainly. But, man, it looks like they found their quarterback of the future mm-hmm. from what we saw from Joe Burrow last year. Absolutely. So all of a sudden, what, two years ago was, ah, the Ravens, they got Flacco and Lamar. Ah, they don't know what they're doing there. The Browns, they're always the Browns. They stink. The Bengals, you know, they're one of those teams. They'll be mediocre every year, but mm-hmm. they're never going to get over the hump. Man, how you feeling today? You know, January 11th, 2021 about all that. Because, whew, 
I bet you, well, I can guarantee you they're much more optimistic about their future in Baltimore and Cleveland than we are here. Guarantee, 100%. And I mm-hmm. bet you they are in Cincinnati as well, too. Oh, yeah. Because for them, like you said, they all are on the upswing right now. They yep. have young quarterbacks, young yep. quarterbacks who are starting to show up in some of these bigger moments, right? That was that was the thing that – and I think we've talked about this numerous times now I would always get frustrated with the Lamar uh, Jackson criticism and how I felt like at times it wasn't really warranted for him in terms of playoff success we said he literally had one playoff game where it was really on him that first year it wasn't but that was always the knock right that was always how we would little brother him right or little brother that organization but like you said, man, the reason they're hype right now is because they have their young quarterback who's shown that he can win not only big regular season games but now he's won in the playoffs as well. And they know, man, this is going to be their guy for the next, you know, five to ten years. I mean, obviously barring health and things like that. But now they don't have to worry about quarterback. Right. For a but long now time. the Browns are going to be saying similar things. And the, the Browns. Yeah, absolutely. And, and trust me, talking with Browns uh writers, obviously last week as we were getting prepared for the game, they said that they are high on Baker. They believe he's the franchise guy. Obviously, here in Pittsburgh, we give him a hard time and nationally he gets some criticism. But they love what he's been able to do there because you have to think of the quarterbacks that they've had prior to his arrival. The, uh, the stability that he's provided, even though his playmaking has been inconsistent in terms of him being elite at times versus being average at times, right? He has He's in that window where he can sway there, right? Even with all those things compared to what they've experienced in Cleveland, they love what he's doing right now. So their hype in I mean, for honestly, I, I like their core a little bit better than Baltimore's core because yeah. defensively, obviously, Baltimore still has some piece they got to move around. No, whereas Browns Cleveland challenges keeping all that absolutely, together going. Yes, forward. That's their big thing when yeah. they have to pay Baker. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the big thing. But mm-hmm. they have a really solid group offensively and defensively there. And like you said, with the Bengals, Joe Burrow. I mean, we saw what Joe Burrow looked like. He would have won Rookie of the Year if he stayed healthy. Yes. Like it, it was that type of situation. He was the he was, reason. He was keeping that team in every single. Listen, game. when he was able to do against the Titans, like we saw that. That was that was yeah. crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah, all those teams are hype right now. But for us, it's it's different because number one, like I said, we have to figure out number one is Ben still the guy. If he is, is he going to be able to play consistently at a high level? Because the issue we're seeing with him is this right now: he can flash it. Right, we're seeing flashes of high level, but then we see the what the turnover, and he's becoming less of the Aaron Rodgers and Brady types, and more of the Philip Rivers and Eli Manning types, hmm. where they can get streaky. Right, we saw in the Colts game, Colts versus Bills. I mean, shoot, you, you you look at Phillip Rivers, and it was literally one minute he looked great, one minute he looked terrible. One minute he's throwing darts, the next minute he can't he, even hit right. the end zone on a Hail Mary. <laughs> and, and, and we're watching Ben, and think about this, over, or especially what those last six games. What do we see with Ben? Man, all right, he can't hit the deep ball anymore. He's struggling. Oh, okay, well, no, he did hit the deep ball. All right, well, now he's back struggling. Okay, well, now he's lighting it up right here. He's sitting Juju, sitting Claypool. Oh, man, he hit the, the defender right in the face with the ball. Who, who did he see right? He's not seeing the field. So you're seeing that 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 when you talk about that inconsistency, those sways like that, that makes you a lot more nervous when you're talking about your quarterback position. That's the reason why we get on Baker. That's the reason why we get on Lamar. We get on all these other quarterbacks because they can't consistently do it, right? But now for Ben, he's starting to fall closer to that pack than what he once was in terms of being the elite guy that you never had to worry about in big games. Right now, it, it has it's not the case. No, it's not. And you look around the division. <laughs> Browns are on the uptick. Ravens are on the uptick. Bengals, we think, are on the uptick if they nail some things this offseason and get Joe Burrow back healthy. 
It all happened pretty quickly last night, Arthur. But yeah. not necessarily. Like you said, it happened pretty quickly last night, but a lot of these things have been rearing their ugly head this season, dating back to last year. It's uh it's going to be an off season. It's going to be a winter here and a spring and summer of a whole lot of questions and a whole lot of heavy, heavy decisions that could potentially alter the course of the franchise. <sighs> Without a doubt, baby. But other than that, I mean... <laughs> oh, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, trying to piece it all together, make sense of it here on a Monday. You know where to find us on the Twitter.com. At 1 o'clock, we'll talk to Professor Motes. Uh, but between now and then, we'll get to some of your reaction. We'll continue to discuss uh, everything that transpired last night at Heinz Field as uh, the Steelers are now in the off season a little bit quicker than I think any of us, most of us, certainly anticipated. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's the Electric Factory. Not exactly electric today, but still having some fun, still having some laughs. That is one thing we have to we're, do, We're, we're electrical. That, that's got to count for something, yeah, right? We, we got we to gotta just grin and bear this together, you know? Just uh, just get through it together. Somehow, somewhere. I'll make the same promise to you this week, Arthur Motes, uh, to the power grid, the megawatts this week. Uh, that I made to my wife on our wedding day, actually. Ooh, and shout out to, to your wife, man. She just had a birthday. She did just yeah, have a birthday man. yesterday. Yeah. That, had, that, we, was, that was a high note, right? I'll tell you what, that was a high a, note. We had a nice little weekend until last night. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Motes, on my wedding day to my wife, one of the things that I said to her is I said, I promise you every day for the rest of our lives mm -hmm. that we will laugh and smile. Mm -hmm. Even on the worst days of our life, even on the worst days of our lives, the worst days in our life, We'll, we will we will laugh and smile every single day because I, I think you have to. You, you just have to. Even on the worst days of your life, you have to find ways to smile, ways to get through it without being completely down in the dumps. And that's what we're going to do here this week. That's the promise I'm making this week. We're going to find ways to laugh. We're going to find ways to get through it together. But, man, it is hard uh, not to be down in the dumps today for sure. I think especially because how that one went, Arthur Motes. You know, it was mm -hmm. one thing to lose a playoff game. You know, anybody who's been a fan of a sports team for long enough, you've had to go through some gut punches. You've had to go through, th through some surprising, some difficult losses, right? I, I don't care what – even if you're an Alabama fan, you know what I mean? Like you, you, Everyone deals with you, it, you, man. Had, yeah. you've, had a, you've had a couple heartbreaking losses. Um, but, man – how it went last night was just – it felt so self-inflicted, Motsi. I think that's going to be the part of it that's going to be uh, – maybe take some more time to get over. The, the, bad, the bad snap to start the game, the interception on the second drive of the game, all the turnovers, a defense that 
like no you, sacks, no, no sacks, turnovers. no turnovers. A defense that is predicated I mean, just, on sacks and turnovers. We just broke the record for consecutive sacks in a in a game. Consecutive no, sack games, right? No sacks or, and consecutive turnovers. sacks in a game. Yeah, I mean, it was what sixty something games now. Yeah. Oh no, it was, no, it was over seventy. 70. It, was it was over seventy something. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. And. and Against that offensive line, it wasn't like this was a full well, strength offensive line. They just had four against that same offensive exactly. line without Cam and TJ exactly. a week ago. And then you take out Jack Conklin. And then Jack Conklin in the second quarter. You heard when Baker says, "Some guy that I just introduced my I just introduced myself Blake, to Blake. Yeah, was. just introduced myself to him the other day. He comes and he's protecting him. Like, what are we talking about here, baby? <sighs> That, we talked about Mike, Michael Dunn. We said Michael Dunn. We said that should be the weak link. And what did they do to start the game? Not Warwick Dunn. No, no, no. What did they do to start the game? And shout out to the – we get on Collinsworth every once in a while. <laughs> but he even highlighted. He said, man, you get the, 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 the you know, new guy in here at guard, mm-hmm. you would think that's the weak link. And what are they doing? Mm-hmm. They're running behind him. Yep. They're going – they're attacking with him. And we could just see the physicality. That was the crazy part to me, man. I haven't seen this Steelers team – or just in general, the Steelers get out physical like that in a while. It's there. There's a lot that it's not just uh, that was a great game and your right. team came up short because that does happen sometimes in sports. I mean, that happens often in sports where it's mm-hmm. a it's a good game between two teams who are playing well and one team just has to lose. That that's the way she goes. That was not the case last night. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> Aside from – or once the Browns got that 14-point lead, the Steelers trailed by double digits the entire game. So we could talk a lot about how, hey, they never rolled over and died and the effort was there and they got close to getting back in it. But it was a double-digit lead for the Browns the entire time and just so many self-inflicted wounds, so many gunshots to the feet uh, from the offense, from the defense. And even two moats, one thing, you know, we're half an hour into the show here. I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners that are waiting to hear us discuss this. I think some of the decision making as well too. It's part of the reason why Steelers Nation uh, has you know is pulling their and, hair and out last night. And I want to talk about that. Today. We could definitely the, talk the fourth, about that. The fourth yeah. and one going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's talk about that. I'm interested as a yeah. former player to get your opinions. It's the offense has all the momentum in the world. Mm-hmm. It's fourth and one. You get the end of the quarter, so you get a commercial break to think mm-hmm. about it. And mm-hmm. the Steelers punt from the 38 yard line. Uh, your your thoughts when that all transpires? Yes, but they're 38, not yeah 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 they, the Browns, they, they, the Browns, or sorry, no, the Steelers. No, no, they were in the Wait, Steelers. No, sorry, it was their 40. Yeah, it was the, the Steelers 41. First, it was in the first half. It was the Steelers 41. It was so yes, correct. So close, close to midfield. But full context. I wasn't. I didn't have an issue with the decision. I thought this. Number one, you finally have momentum, right? In terms of, we saw two defensive stops, two touchdowns offensively. You're you're still on your side of the field, right? You're forty. To me, my thought process is, why take a chance here and allow this team to get some momentum back when they were clearly on the rails, right? They were clearly on the ropes. You could see their energy. They started looking around. They got nervous. That Cleveland feeling was right. creeping in. If you if you go for it on fourth and one right there and you don't get it, not only does it put you in a bigger bond because of the score and obviously you're playing catch up, but number two, it gives them hope. It gives them that sense of, oh, we're back. A, a fourth down stop, we say defensively is the equivalent of a turnover. That's the type of momentum you get. That's the type of energy you get off of it along with the field position advantage that you would get from there as well. And we talk about that first half 
Why was it so gory? Obviously, the turnovers played a part in it, but how many of the Browns' drives started in the 40 or in? Really good field You position. can't do that at the NFL level. Nope. So if you're Coach Tomlin and you know, man, the biggest reason that this team has even scored 28 points in the They're first the quarter was the field position, the field. Yeah. why on God's green earth would I do it again right here when I finally have momentum? People are always, I mean, obviously, hindsight 2020, oh, well, they sure, ended up scoring. Sure. sure, that's the safe play. Well, we could have said the same thing. Man, okay, hindsight 2020, you go for it on fourth one, you don't get it. Now they score from the 40. Which one would you be more mad at? Ask yourself that. So, to me, I just looked at it as it ended up not working out for them because, obviously, they were able to drive it and, and have success. Yeah, but that was, think about, that was their first successful drive of the second yards. half, though. Yep. though. That drive and the drive that followed it, and that's what broke the game open, right? Those two drives, it just happened at the worst time. The Steelers' defense in the second half had their worst two drives back-to-back because in that third quarter, they flat-out dominated the Browns offensively and defensively. So so to me, it made perfect sense. You punt the ball, you're going to play field position. You're punting from your 40, so you're getting this. When the Browns get the ball, they're getting inside their 20, right? Hopefully inside the 10. So close there by Jordan right. Barry. So everything worked out exactly how they wanted it. What they didn't account for was the adjustment the Browns were going to make in terms of because remember, they started to have a little bit leaky protection, right? So the alternative that the Browns went to was we're going to work some of these slants and quicker passing attack with Jarvis Landry, but we're going to do it out of base personnel. So now you got to keep your bigger body groupers out there, your linebackers out there. And then we started to see them take advantage of what? Our running, our linebackers in coverage a little bit. We saw some Jarvis Landry matched up on Spillane. We saw them great play calls in terms of the screen, knowing that it, they, the screenplay and the fast release from the running back as well, because what do we like to do here in Pittsburgh with our linebackers? We don't want them to cover. We're not looking for Devin Whites. No, no, no. We want you We want you more Vince Williams type, right? And Robert Spillane, Avery Williamson, Vince Williams. They're not the best in coverage. So the way you combat that, you say, hey, blitz these guys, make them have to block. Cleveland knows this. They're a division of punch the third time we've seen them. So what did they say? If you're going to blitz these linebackers, we're just going to free release our running backs yep. right now. And if and you can't get to us five yards or four yards deep before nope. I can throw this little flare. And that was the adjustment that they made on those two drives and why they were able to move the ball and score. Now, granted, the, 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 them down the, now, field. Granted, the yeah. screen the screen still should have been tackled up. Mike Hilton and Vince Williams are still there. But that was a great call by them. They knew, hey, Tennessee show blitz is coming. And what came? The blitz. And what do you do? Okay, I'm going to just let this Jump running back go out there. Yep. So that was great on their part. You do have to tip your cap to them in that regard. But this is still it, – it, the, the, to me, just thinking of everything that was going leading up into that moment, I don't have – it's hard for me to fault Coach Simon on punting there because everything made sense. Everything worked out. They, like I said, just didn't account for that adjustment being made because up until that point, they hadn't made that adjustment. Up until that point, we saw what? Four and out – Three and out, and they were on the ropes. You got to live with it, though, right? And, and that's the thing, too. And, and that's why, obviously, Coach Tommy gets paid what he gets paid. The players, they, they make the decisions you make, and you live with it. You can't second-guess it because if you second-guess it, you'll drive yourself nuts. Right. But in the moment, I thought it was the right play. I thought it was the right call. It's easy, like I said, go hindsight 2020 and critique Ab- absolutely. it. Absolutely. But without a doubt, I just felt like that was the right call in that moment because there every everything that they did successfully was solely based off of the turnovers, the short fields. They hadn't up until that point marched 70, 80 yards. Now, it just so happened that, like I said, they did it right then, but they hadn't up until that point. What really sticks out to me, too, because I think you're right, and and everybody knows this. Sports fans know this. People who do what you and I do know this. 
the hindsight 2020 thing the day after is, you know, you could take either side of that argument and you could make a compelling case. Mm -hmm. What's more telling to me, Arthur Motes, is that this, like, the Steelers were not confident in their abilities to convert a fourth and one, even with some time to talk about it. And why should they have been? When have you they converted? I mean? like, They've like, already struggled at, on look that. Look at what we've seen all season. No, 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 in not all season. Situations. Not all season. Did they not get stopped in the game in, on, on short yardage? Did they mm-hmm. not almost not even score on a drive because of a short yardage? Mm-hmm. What was a bad snap? So let's, how many times have we seen so, that? So this let's year, not right, that same game and this year in general. You see what I mean? But but people will forget that, right? So if you're Coach Tomlin, you think of these things. You know all these things, and you're telling yourself. Why would I give them the chance right. to create that type of situation that's the more, when we haven't seen us do it consistently? We haven't done it successfully but all pe- year. But people will lie to themselves and will say, oh, man, you still got to go for it. Man, you got to do it right there. No, you don't. The more frustrating thing <laughs> to me, the more frustrating thing to me, I think, is that we all can admit the Steelers just don't have a third and short, fourth and short, you name it. It has not been their cup listen, of tea. Listen, they showed the play, time. they showed the play down by the goal line. Where literally we're trying to get a yard, and the, the it was the guy Larry Ogan Joby. He ends up getting up under pouncey, and you're just like, bro, the, on the Derek White play when Derek White got stopped. I'm like, yep. yeah, that's that's short yardage right there. Same who, thing. Who do you want to go to? You, third and one. Same third thing. and one. So you let well, me know. That same thing happened against the football team. <laughs> right. That same thing happened against the Bengals. And so that's just in the in the recent right. last four or five games, like. So you have to ask yourself if you're Coach Tomlin, how confident are you with that? That you're getting that fourth. How and confident one? are you with that? That's my that's my biggest thing. Like. Again, like I said, it's very easy today on the should they have gone for it or should they have punted. You can you can sit on either side of that fence and you can make a compelling argument now after the fact. What's what's the damning thing to me as a fan is that they, that entire sideline knew like, fourth and one we're probably mm-hmm. not going to get this because all year modes in those situations third and short fourth they and short. It. It doesn't matter if it's been Derek Watt right up the gut. It doesn't matter if it's been Benny Snell or James Conner. It doesn't mean if they're try- it doesn't matter if they're trying to throw it to Juju or Deontay Johnson. Or, or the back shoulder to Anthony McFarlane. Don't forget that either. <laughs> the back shoulder to Anthony McFarlane. They get creative now. The, I, 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 I will the, say the this. The one thing we can give them credit for is that they have, in this regard, in short yardage situations, they have not been the definition of insanity this year. No, uh-uh. They have tried different things, but none of them are working. Very true. And so, you know what? That all leads to me thinking... <laughs> they're just not good in short yardage. It might be a personnel thing. It might be whatever. I mean, it's it's it feels like personnel, it's got to be a personnel thing. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, they've tried it with different guys in the backfield. They've tried it throwing the ball out of the backfield. They've tried to hit Deontay and Juju. And we obviously saw, the, we saw the, the gimmicky stuff early with the jet sweeps to Chase Claypool. Remember, we said we were tired of jet sweeps as well. So they, they've exhausted everything that they could do from a, a schematic standpoint right now as it pertained to short yardage situations. So – I'm with you, man. It, it, it was personnel related. Yeah. And if it, you're it, it Coach Tommy, you know these things. You're not living, and you're not even living in your fears. This is still just acknowledging that we're not good what, at what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you, you don't have to live in your fears, but if, if you of, right. got a whole sample size, a whole year yeah. to prove that we're not good at this. That's not living in your fears. That's called man. Let's play the long game uh, here. We know if I punt this ball and I get this stop, which I've already done twice now, we're good to go. That that to me, <laughs> we're good to go. Votes. And the, we have seen them do that. that. We've seen that. More, that to me is more concerning than the living in the fears thing. It's like, jeez. The fact that, it, forget the fears. They they know. They've got the proof. They've got the sample size. They're not hiding from the fact anymore that they're just not good in those short yardage possession down situations. And, they, and again, you can't call them insane, 
because they've tried it different ways yeah. all year. They they brought in Derek Watt and Zach Gentry earlier in the year and went jumbo. They've, like Moat said, tried to throw to running backs. They've tried to do different things with Benny Snell and James Conner. The one thing they haven't done is, is try and sneak Ben Roethlisberger forward. Maybe that's the, that's the one thing. That's, we could, that's the one thing we could say. But dating back to the Todd Haley days, we just know that that right. ain't going to happen. <sighs> like I said, it's frustrating, but it's not surprising. Frustrating, not surprising. Frustrating yeah. because we had the high expectations. Frustrating because of the potential that we had, the team that we had. But not surprising because these issues, as we've already laid out, you know, in this first pretty much hour of the show, these are all things that have popped up at various points throughout oh, yeah. the season that we've had to continually talk about. And some people followed it and, and acknowledged it. Others put it under the rug. It's one of those things, though. Hey, Wes, clean your room. Hey, Wes, clean your room. Hey, Wes, clean your room. You Throwing put, everything you under, put the it under the bed. You put it under the bed, put it in the closet. It's cool until Til I come in there and, and I get to looking in there. Yep. And, and that's what happened yesterday, man. It, the, the things that they have been hiding, the things that we've been sweeping under the rugs, it, have, it finally came back to bite us in the butt. And it just so happened that it was against the Browns and the narrative around them with the, the lack of coach, um, the lack of coaches on that staff due to COVID and obviously some key players. So it was that perfect storm, man. It, like I said, very unfortunate, very unfortunate that it had to happen the way it did. But this is one of those things where I do think it can help them in the long run. I do feel like because of that ending being how it was and how gory it was and how much of a nasty taste it left in everyone's mouth. Now, from an organization standpoint, when you start having these conversations this offseason, when you start making you those decisions these offseasons, you can't hide from it. If they, if this team would have won and then got beat by Buffalo and Buffalo goes on to do something special, right. totally different narrative. We're, we're, we're singing a different tune, you right? End, you end up losing to the Chiefs right. in the playoffs by 17 it's, it's points a different or something tune. like that. Yeah. But because it was the Browns and the the manner in which it happened in terms of how it got gory, gory early. A lot of self-inflicted you, you, wounds. You bring it back to make it tighter, and then you get the back-breaking turnover at the end. And not only the back-breaking turnover, the, the, the two scoring drives at the end, too, as well. Yeah, you, you, you can't operate like that anymore and I feel like that's going to make it a lot easier on them to have to acknowledge that they're, they're not going to be able to have that luxury of well, we went to the division round we went to the AFC championship round that that is gone so now you have to, you're going to have to be faced with it and I think that you're going to they're going to welcome that a lot more than if it was the alternative I agree I, I agree with that man you gotta gotta look in the mirror and, and face the music with this one right no no doubt no sugar no sugarcoat in this one there's no easy letdown, Motsi. No question, man. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, we'll get to some of your reaction when we return here on the other side. We'll get a lesson from Professor Motes in about 15 minutes, so don't you dare go anywhere. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Oh, Arthur Motes. This is just a bunch of malarkey. Just a bunch of, bunch of malarkey. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be just honest with you here for a second, Motsi, alright? I did not expect us to be um watching the Steelers play into February. Okay? okay. I just I'm you know, I'm being honest. The AFC's a juggernaut. 
I think like we've discussed here in the first 40-some, 50-some minutes of the show, the Steelers had shown a, a plenty of weaknesses down the line and a defense that kind of had been decimated by some very key injuries as well, too. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that you and I would be, you know, previewing the Steelers versus the Packers or something in, in, in Tampa Bay in February. But, man, I didn't think it was going to be over this quick either. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing we said with the Steelers, man, even coming into this matchup, we talked about them in this playoffs as a, a team that if they got hot, they could make some noise, right? They had that type of talent. We've seen them when they are clicking, when things are going well for them, how good they can be. But then we also saw where this team at times looked like they couldn't move the ball against anyone. We remember that four or five game stretch where we're just like, man, short pass, short pass. And then that started to become, you know, missing. And then we have the drop issues, the running game, stuff like that. So it was always just like multiple things that were underlying the success the whole time. Yeah. That, that would always make you feel like even though we're excited, it still will make you cautiously optimistic because of those factors, those variables. And it just so happened that the bad variable showed up yesterday versus yeah. the, the really good one. I don't think this was a preparation thing. I don't feel like this was a, oh, they came out flat thing either. I I, I mean, if anything, I feel like they might have came out too hype, especially uh, Pouncey, that first snap. Cool. That's not him being, you know, a, a little less than ready. That's him being amped up, ready to go. We saw that last year against Aaron Donald in terms of the high snap. That type of stuff, man, you have to guard against it. Typically, when we spoke on the playoff experience, I thought it would be the Browns that came out and were a little tight. It would have been the Browns who came out and were playing not to mess up. Yeah. But in turn, it was the I mean, Steelers. the first play of the game kind of. Yeah, it, it flipped everything Imagine for them. all that nervous energy on the Cleveland sideline. I mean, it sideline. gave them hope. We're, 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 yeah. we're, we're, we're man down. We've barely practiced. We don't have our head coach. Barely practiced. I think they had two practices yeah. in the past two weeks. And then, like, and then first play of the game, you're up 7 nothing. And you're getting the ball back at halftime. Right. You're up 7 nothing, and you're getting the ball back at halftime. I mean, any of that nervous energy that might have, you know, hung with Cleveland and could have ended up causing them to make mistakes, most if it wasn't gone on the first play of the game, it was certainly gone when they set their offense up with an interception in Steelers, deep in Steelers territory. Listen, man, when I'm watching this game and I saw it at 21 zip, I said, well, we saw this, was this uh, two years ago versus the Chiefs? I was like, all right, they started out slow at home, 21 zip. Obviously made it a tighter game, but it was Mahomes and the guys. So you, you kind of figured that, hey, that, that potentially could happen, right? Yeah. But last night when that thing was 28, I'm just like, what are we watching right now? Like 28 points in the first quarter? Like this, I don't think people understand. That's, a, that's an NFL postseason record, by the way. Like, ser- Yeah, absolutely. I know it is. Like 48 points allowed by this defense. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Now – I mean, forty one if you want to be technical. Sure, right? but, okay, forty one. Yes. They, they gave up forty eight points. Forty yeah. yeah. Forty points scored on this defense cool. should never, never happen. Especially Listen, at home. no Devin Bush. Okay, you got Robert Spillane back. So you went out there with Robert Spillane, Avery Williamson, and Vince Williams. We were very confident in those three. We thought that that would be a big piece, a big reason as, as deep, to why as deep as you've absolutely. been at that position since absolutely. you lost Devin Bush. We said, man. Okay, the D-line. You had Cam to it and, uh, and Tyson all available to you. They were good to go. Obviously, uh, T.J. Watt out there. Highsmith going down, I did think – I felt that that hurt them a lot. Yeah, it did. When Highsmith went out, Marsh came in, and he struggled to set the edge. He did. You could, But that's not his game. I mean, anybody that's watched him when he was that's in Seattle and right. San Fran, edge rusher, special teams guy, he's not the run supporter. That's why he can't play a, a, a full-time as a starter. Right. That's been the knock on him. Right. So – you kind of expected that when he came in. But 
not the 40 but, the but, but, to 41 But think about points. this, though. Mike Hilton, some of the, the tackling and coverage issues. We talked about Edmonds. Edmonds usually is a sure tackler. How many plays where he, where he was at the point of attack or, or, or at the critical position in terms of, man, you can save us. You can get us out of this down right here. And he came up short missing tackles or taking bad angles. And then Minka Fitzpatrick, where was he? No splash Seriously. on the back end. No splash. Steven Nelson had a great chance at an interception that would have Yeah, that, that really could have changed the, the game. Absolutely. Business. But defensively, we this was as healthy as we've been for a while. We had the guys out there that you wanted. So that wasn't even the case of when we talk, because people, that's the new narrative, right? Well, man, this defense is so banged up. Defense is so banged up. Actually, it wasn't. This was probably the healthiest at the time in terms of the amount of people that came back. Hey, but outside of Joe Hayden. They gave up 24 points to the Browns last week. Exactly. Sh- quote, unquote, shorthanded. Exactly. They like, give, <laughs> give up double that with, 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 with the NFL Defensive Player of the Year mm-hmm. and one of the best defensive linemen of his era mm-hmm. in Cam Hayward coming back into the lineup. Think about that. Oh, and not to mention Edmonds. Say what you will about him, but he's, he's a hundred. Of, he's a hundred tackle he's, guy. He's one of the best tackling strong safeties Absolutely. in all of football. Absolutely. And you get Vince those Williams, three guys back, and you give up time off. <laughs> yeah. and, and Vince having his second game back. Oh, and Robert. But, but this is a Vince Williams that has twice as Vince many was leading in the league in tackles for loss for a large majority of the season. I keep coming back to this, Moats. Uh, I know I said this to you. We talked about this after the Steelers were fortunate enough to scrape by the Ravens in that COVID bowl game in early December, mm-hmm. right? The game that should have been on Thanksgiving that got right. delayed 37 times and ended up getting played on a Wednesday in the afternoon. Absolutely. We talked about how after that game, okay, you know what? A lot of crazy circumstances into that one. You got yourself hyped up and then didn't play three different times, and the game got moved, and you don't know who's playing and who's not playing for the Ravens. It was a poor effort, but there was some rhyme and reason there. Mm-hmm. But after that game, you and I talked about how it's December. It's the time of year. I, I use this line a few times. It's the time of year where good starts to separate from great. Mm-hmm. It was the time of year last year where you could really tell, man, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They're different than everybody mm-hmm. else. Look at the San Francisco 49ers. They're playing at another level than everybody else. We started talking about teams that, man, I don't think they, they, they lost their last game in November. They haven't lost another right. one. Yeah. Exactly. Like it is December is that time of the year where the injuries have piled up for teams. No mm-hmm. one's completely healthy. You know, you've got 11, 12, 13 weeks of tape on film. Defensive coordinators in this league are really highly paid for a reason. They've started to figure out what you're doing on offense. Offensive coordinators, same way, figuring out what you're doing on defense. It's the time of the year in the NFL calendar where good separates itself from great. Or I should say great separates itself from good. Moats, we saw the Ravens start to separate themselves from good and mm-hmm. get into the great category. We saw the Cleveland Browns start to separate themselves from good and get into the great category. We 100% saw that with the uh, Buffalo Bills, who have now won, what, like 11 of their last 12 games, yeah. and their only loss was a Hail Mary prayer at the end of the game to the best wide receiver in the NFL. Oh, you saw Michael Thomas came back. I don't know if you saw that. I did. I will. Oh, and, we got to talk Nickelodeon game at but, some but, point. But this also, week. neither one of those guys are the best wide receivers. I already told you who the best Stephon wide receiver is. He resides in Buffalo. Yes. Good for a lot of these teams in the NFL started to separate from great. As much as I hate to say it, look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were, what, seven and five, and everybody mm-hmm. was writing them off. And now they finished the year 11 and five and won their first playoff game. So 12 and five, they've now won five straight games since everybody had the Buccaneers dead and buried. It's the time of the year in December mm-hmm. where great teams separate themselves from the good ones. And most, 
The Steelers never did, while a lot of the teams, two of the teams in their own division, I mean, you, you could even say the Tennessee Titans started to separate, right? Because if the Titans find a way to beat the Ravens yesterday, look out, that's a dangerous team. Oh, too. absolutely. The Steelers plateaued. The Steelers, the Steelers never, as you would say, right, as Mike Tomlin always says, you better find a new excuse. They never did. They never did. And that, to me, when all this dust settles, I think that's going to be the thing above all else that I come back to. Yeah, without a doubt, that has to be it because these issues, like we said, they kept popping up. And mm-hmm. as we said, I mean, it's the gift and the curse. It's great when you can identify the issue. It's great when it's not a new issue. That's the gift. Mm-hmm. It's a curse when you can't figure out how to make that issue go away, though. When you can't find that new problem. When you can't address this issue, identify it, find the solution and correct it and implement it. When you can't do those things... That's when it becomes the curse, and ultimately, that's what they had to endure this year. I mean, like I said, it's very unfortunate. It was fun at times, it was. but this is—I mean, especially after that Cleveland game, that Titans yeah, game, but, that but Ravens game. It was typically, a lot of fun. this is how it works. The, the, when you talk about winning championships, when you talk about that road narrowing, we kept talking about that. Is different. It is just a difference when you get to the playoffs and you're having to play your best every time. When you can't slow start, when you when, when you have to be critical every time, is different, and you won't understand it until you're in that scenario, and you just hope that it works out for you. But this is the norm. This is normal in the NFL. Teams that don't play well, teams that are flawed in, in multiple ways, like the Steelers are, you don't have success in the NFL. That's how it typically works. You get found out eventually. Right. The 11 and 0, we we told you, man, it, they they were finding ways to to just defeat the curve to to stay ahead of it, right? To 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 be the outlier in this situation. But then eventually it caught up with them. And, and that's the NFL for you, man. Eventually it, it always catches up. We say even when we talk specifically players, right? We say, man, yeah. you could come in and be a great player your first two years without ever watching the tape. You just got the juice, right? You're an athlete, you're fast, you're just having fun. But eventually, it catches up. Eventually, we figure mm. you out. And then it's, I don't care how good of an athlete you are. What are you going to do to take the next step? You got to watch more film. You got to get in the lab more with you your heart right. You got to do this. Yeah. The guys that do that, they last. The guys that don't, like you said, two years and they're out of this thing. So when you talk about NFL teams as a whole being successful, the successful ones are the guys who are always correcting these issues. The ones that can minimize this. They don't have to worry about running the ball. They don't have to worry about throwing the ball downfield, not even statistically because that's the big misconception, right? People are quick to bring up numbers, numbers, numbers. Numbers are misleading. Mm-hmm. Like we said last night, you could look at Ben's numbers and say last 500 yards passing, four touchdowns, 47 completions, J- and it's misleading. James Winston, Winston led the league in passing yards last year. And had 30 and touchdowns had 30 last touchdowns, year. And he couldn't see the field this year. Very misleading. Yep. Very misleading. He got benched for a running. I mean, legitimately, yeah. he got benched for a running back. Absolutely, man. So to me, that that's that's just one of them things you yep. got to deal with, man. It, it it's the reality that they're living right now, man. It is. It absolutely is. All right, we got to get to break here, get our clock back on schedule. In the second hour of the show, I promise you we'll get to your reaction. We're going to hear from Professor Motes next, and then we'll react to what you guys have had to say on the Twitter.com to close out the second hour. So get those thoughts in at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. Uh, the Body. I almost choked right there. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, Lord. Is it playoffs? Go on. Oh, man. All right, we'll let Professor catch his breath, and then we'll go into the classroom next. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. 
This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm alive. Well, that's good. That, yeah, that's a start. I'm alive. Me too. Could be worse. Could always be worse. Could always be worse. Now, that's the part where I'd normally say it could always be worse. We could be Browns fans, but alas, Arthur Motes. Mm-hmm. It's the way she goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's the way she goes, you know. <laughs> I'm not naive enough, Arthur Motes, okay? I lived through the miracle in 2003, all right? I saw the Boston Red Sox finally get over the hump and take down the New York Yankees. All right, I was here in 2018 in this city when finally the Washington Capitals got past the Pittsburgh Penguins. All right, I wasn't naive enough to think that it could never happen to the Steelers and the Browns in that regard, too. Man, I did not think that it would happen like it did last night. So who better to uh, to get into the particulars to tell us who, what, when, where, and why than our favorite professor in the world, Arthur Motes. Ladies and gentlemen, get your textbooks out. It might get messy. It's time to go inside Professor Motes' classroom. Good evening, class. Good evening. I know you are probably all a little tired. I am cranky myself. Did not have a lot of sleep last night, and what made it worse is I woke up and the outcome did not change. So with that being said, forgive my tone, but we have five points. I don't even know if I want to take questions from you guys today, all right? Because I'm a little disappointed. But either way, let's get this thing started. So the first point we got to talk about is starting fast, the importance of it, right? Mm. We, t- we saw one team start fast in terms of the Browns and how they were able to live off of that and ultimately survive later on in the game solely based on that fast start. Whereas for the Steelers, once again, they hmm. started slow. Once again, we talked about them not you know, having success on opening drives. Usually it's not having success and you punting the ball. This time it was not having success right. and actually allowed points. Very unfortunate, but you have to start fast. This is why. When you start fast, you you number one, you don't put yourself in such a hole where you have to be pretty much perfect later on in the game to even give yourself a chance at tying it. Not even a chance to win, just a chance to tie. You have to be perfect when you don't start fast. And it just so happened, like I said yesterday, you saw where one team started fast, one team didn't. Usually you don't get it where one team starts fast. Usually it's like right. they either both start fast or they both start right. slow. Not that alternative that we saw yesterday. But that that was key right there. I mean, that that 28-point lead that they spotted the Browns because a lot of it was self-inflicted, but that they spotted the Browns, that was the difference in the game. They never got back within single digits. Think about that. And and as well as they played in the second half. In the second half, if you just take that third and fourth quarter, they did more than enough to win the game. More than enough. I'll even flirt with the second quarter a little bit in there. The problem is, though, that first quarter, that slow start killed them. That killed all their efforts for the rest of the game, and it made them have to do what? 
they had to chase points. So that's when you start seeing them reaching with some of these two-point conversion attempts versus kicking field goals. Because when you're down the way that they were down, you have to chase points. You have to do that. It makes you play an uncomfortable style of play. You're not making decisions based on analytics. You're making decisions based on, man, I have to try to match that number. That number yeah. is getting out there. So starting fast, man. That, that, that's the first point, man, the importance of it. Arthur Motes, you can't win a game in the first half. But I think you can lose a game in the oh, first half. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, man. And that certainly happened last night. Yes, indeed. Now time for the second point, baby. All right? I don't even want you to talk to me. You don't got to talk All to right. me today. I'm, I'm just head, I'm just head down. Because I'm, I'm crank. Yeah. I'm going to put my hoodie up and turn yeah. the headlights off. You, you know how it is. Off in here. Absolutely. It's one of them days where the teacher just talks Let's to just you. just be some sad boys. Yeah, no, no conversation okay. today. Okay. It's more so I'm just talking. It's, it's lecture. Definitely lecture here, okay? Second point we got to talk about, though. The danger of hope. What happens when you allow hope to, to get created? When you let that little glimpse of hope seep in, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. And we saw that yesterday. That Brown scene coming in, you could hear in the interviews, you could hear from their fans, you could hear from the people that cover their team. There was zero belief in that Browns team being able to come here and get the job done last night the way that they did. There was zero belief that the game would be close in favor of the Steelers. Like, they, they just, nobody could anticipate that. Nobody saw that. And literally, you're watching the guys warm up. Browns didn't have that same type of confidence, but what happens at the beginning? Aaron snap, seven zip right out the gate. What happens right after that? Interception, touchdown. Now it's 14 zip. Then what happens? 21 zip, 28 zip. Now, we saw once they went up 21 zip, you saw the swagger that they had. Baker, how he would walk around. That defense, how they would walk around. How they were challenging these receivers and chirping back and forth. All of that happened because of that hope. Think about those first two turnovers. They really, they weren't even celebrating them like that. Because they kind of all felt like, hey man, that ain't going to be enough to win. And we still got four quarters. Like, this is not going to be enough. That hope that you didn't really see it and them start to believe it until it was 21 zip and then 28 zip. And then we saw it leaving for a little while in that third quarter. We saw it leave for a little while. But then it came right back. They, they were able to hit on those plays and get that touchdown. But, man, when you give teams hope, when you give people hope, it inspires them. It makes them become overachievers. It makes them do things that they didn't even believe that they could do themselves. And that's why you can't allow that, man. When you have an opportunity to, to beat a team, when you have an opportunity to get a team while they're down, you have to take advantage of it. You, you always hear the 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 saying in terms of football, you got to kill an ant with a sledgehammer. You got to overkill it, right? You can't allow this, this, you know, discrepancy from a talent scenario, this discrepancy from a coaching staff scenario. You can't allow those guys to have any simmer of hope. And that's what we did last night. And it was very unfortunate. And that was a, a big, big reason in terms of why the outcome turned out to be the way it was. And that brings me actually to my third point, which is a perfect transition. You don't have a reset button in football. In Madden, you can reset the button, right? Man, we know if we played this game 10 times, 9 times, we know the results. Steelers are going to win it. And, and under those scenarios and circumstances last night, you play that game nine times, or you play the game 10 times, Steelers win it 9 times. We know this. But there is no reset button. Once you make those mistakes, we, 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 I mean, how many people have you heard already say it today? Take away that first quarter, man. Steelers would have won. Take away them turnovers, Steelers would have won. <laughs> yeah! 
problem is you can't take away that first quarter. Problem is we can't take away those turnovers. Problem is we can't take away that tip pass. Problem is we can't take away that pass to hit this receiver in the hands. Problem is you can't take away that this throw that, that shouldn't have been thrown because of the coverage. In real life, you don't get the mulligans. Nope. In real life, yeah, it's winner go home. We, we can't say we know we're the better team. We that 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 is gone now. No reset button. There is no tomorrow. You have to play like your life is on the line. And we saw one team do that and another team warmed up to it. Big time difference, man. Big time difference. And you know I don't even like having classes like this. I, I'm not even into this. kind of like when you have that class, like you've been preparing all week. We've had a great study session. I felt like everyone knew the material. And then I, 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 I graded the test, and I'm like, how did 80, how did 90% of you guys fail this? It's like you think you studied really you know? hard, and then you get the test, and it's like yeah. a foreign language. You're like, so, so, what is this? So, so for me, yes, yes, I, I'm, very I'm very much frustrated. I'm very much frustrated right now, okay? Very much. <sighs> point number four, professor? Yes, we're on point number four right now. You know I don't like doing this to you guys. I don't. A players, though, versus non-A players. Your A players have to play like A players, especially defensively yesterday. And the reason why I'm more critical of the defenders, because offensively, we said, man, we knew this offense was, was you know. Had its limitations. Yes. It, yeah. We said they're feast or famine. They're either going to connect on the deep balls, draw the defensive pass interferences, or they're going to look very dormant, a ton of three and outs. That's who they are. There was no in-between, right? So even in the midst of what was going on, the biggest thing I was frustrated with the offense was just the turnovers. Don't turn the ball over. I don't care if you go three and out. I don't care if the offense is stagnant. Turnovers kill you. Stagnant offense doesn't kill you. Stagnant offense, you pair that with great special teams and defense, you're fine. Stagnant offense, when you have a, a positive, a plus in the turnover differential, you can, you can win with that. You're fine. Look what the LA Rams did Absolutely. On, on you can Saturday. win with that. But what you can't win with is when you turn the ball over offensively. That kills you. But more so, the reason why when we talk about these A players and why I'm going to bring up these guys defensively in terms of TJ, Mika, and Cam, because they are the bread and butter, right? They are the all pros, the face of this defense. And in circumstances like last night where the adversity is piling on, in circumstances last night where you see, man, this team is starting to get momentum. It's 14 zip now. One of those three guys has to step up and make the play to right the ship. How many times have we seen with seven, right? We talk about seven as an A player, a future Hall of Famer for a reason. We've seen numerous times throughout his career when things have gotten bad, he becomes the calming voice. He makes the play to get you out of those situations. As bad as it may be, he's the one who can make a play. TJ Mink and Ken, we fancy them as being the same caliber, but defensively. And we never saw them make those plays yesterday. That was the frustrating part. I mean, to me, when you talk about getting out physical, that what was that's what was going on. And it's not like two of our three best players are secondary players. Two of our three best players are in the front seven. A players got to play like A players, baby. We didn't get it consistently enough. Now, like I said, I'm not putting that all on them, and, and, and nobody should. But for them to be the face of this defense, the A players that they are and receiving the accolades that they rightfully deserve, you got to show up more than that in that type of game. You have to. Yeah, Professor, I know we weren't going to do questions. This isn't really a question, but more a, a Well, because I like you. I like you so you can okay. speak. It's a kudos to you, Professor. Yeah. Uh, when we were here in the classroom after the Steelers lost Bud Dupree for the season uh, about a month ago, mm -hmm. 
You said to us, yes, it's important that guys like Alex Highsmith, who are going to be replacing him, have to step up. Ola Adani, down that list, they have to step up. But you said when you lose a guy like Bud, what's more important than his replacement stepping up mm-hmm. is the guys around him playing at a high level. Absolutely. You said it's one thing for Alex Highsmith to come in and look good, but what would even help more than offset the loss of Bud is A-plus performances from T.J. Watt, from Cam Hayward, from mm-hmm. Stephon Tewitt, from Minka Fitzpatrick, from these other A-plus type players. And think about this. They did the not reason, get that. And the reason we said that is because when you got backups coming in there, it's, it's hit or miss. It's 50-50. You might get a Robert Spillane. It might be Marcus Allen. You just don't know you what that productivity is going to look like. A couple good drives, a couple poor drives. Good Where, game, whereas, game, Whereas with guys like TJ, guys like Ken, guys like Minka, they have proven that they can be top-tier players consistently. Right. That's the difference. Not flashing a pan consistently. So you have to rely on those guys a lot more, and they just did not show up to the level that was needed yesterday. So that oh. that, that that kills me right there. I'm running out of room on my paper yeah, here. Yeah. I know that means we got to be getting down to the final. This is the point. fifth and final one, and I kind of like it because it's a crossroads, right? We're we're at a uh, we're we're at this situation where we got decisions to make. Is this our Bone Thugs and Harmony moment. No, I, I was gonna call it rebuild or Michael Jordan last oh, dance. Okay. Because that's where we're at right now. Are we rebuilding or are we last dancing this thing? That's the decision that's going to have to be made. Keep the band together for one more go, one last hurrah. Or are you ready to turn the page and just say, look, man, go ahead, start the rebuild. And not even a full rebuild, more so reload. But obviously when you got to potentially make moves at, at key positions, when you're talking O-line, quarterback, receivers, and stuff like that, yeah, yeah, that, that it could flirt with rebuild, especially if you move coordinators and things like that. It could be a lot of new pieces next year. Are you going to go that route or are you going the last dance route where, like I said, you stay, hey, Ben, play this thing out. Pouncey, you, all these guys that we talked about, right, bring Juju back. Whether it's a, a transition, a transitional deal, instead of him getting the mega, you know, contract to be a, a number deal. one guy, yeah, you give him a bridge that where, hey, this is good money. If you continue to play like we saw in the playoffs, well, then, yeah, you'll get compensated a lot more. But if not, we're still not going to be on the hook for a ton of money. That's what they're going to have to decide right now. Either way, hmm. it, it has pros and cons to both of them. And, and trust me, we would need a, another two, three shows for us to break down all the pros and cons of the rebuild versus the last dance model for the Steelers right now. But Yeah, we'll have time to get there eventually, Professor. Oh, yes. But unfortunately, this is where we are right now. So that's why that is the fifth and final point. So quick recap before I let you up out of here. Number one, the importance of starting fast. You spot teams, 28 points in the playoffs. Nine times out of ten, you're going to lose. The second point, the danger of hope. You allow teams to stick around. You allow teams to get a glimpse of hope off of turnovers, and you can see how damning that can become. The third point, no reset button. This isn't Madden. There are, there are no mulligans. You play bad, it sticks. I don't care how much we, we talk about third, fourth quarter. It doesn't matter. The first quarter happened. It is what it is. Fourth point, A players having to play like A players and not non-A players. Be an A player. Don't be a non-A player. That's not cool. And then the fifth point, man, are we rebuilding or are we last dancing this thing? That's the ultimate decision that has to be made in terms of the personnel and coaching staff this offseason. It's going to be exciting either way, though. Definitely going to be exciting. Yes, it is. And Arthur Motes, we will have plenty of time this offseason to discuss moving forward. But when we come back here, uh, we've gotten a ton of reaction on the Twitter.com today. We will finally get to what Yins have to say as we continue to do a little bit of wallowing, doing a little bit of group therapy. 
Grinning and bearing it together. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Steelers Blitz inside the Electric Factory, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler on a Monday. Trying to make sense of it all. As always, uh, seeing your reaction rolling here on the Twitter.com. It's been heavy. Today, Arthur Motes, I'm sure as heavy as sure as you can imagine. You know, like we always say, right? Um, if you tweet the show and the tweet is audience appropriate, you know, PG. Well, no, no, okay, no, maybe uh, it can, uh, uh, I it can border time. a little bit no, on no, the no. PG-13 line. But... You can tweet whatever you want to tweet. Just well, no, yeah. it's ramification and everything now. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody saw that coach that that that, that, whole, that whole debacle. So yeah, you say what you want to tweet. Just, just know, hey, hey. It's ramification, right? <laughs> it, I was freedom of speech, freedom of consequence as well. Two just different things. Yeah. Two different things. Both for freedoms, but just just remember. So yeah, yes, tweet what you would love to tweet. We've gotten <laughs> a, a few today that are not appropriate for the air. I'm sure as you can imagine. Oh yeah, <laughs> but we've got. But, but here. I wouldn't expect anything less. If we didn't get one or two of those, I would be upset <laughs> with the power grid. I would say, man, how how are y'all radical? How are y'all fanaticals without you know? Uh, some of these tweets, Motsi, I'm reading them like uh, like Palpatine. Yeah. In, in episode six. Oh, just, yeah. Let the hate flow through you. Let it flow. Uh, King Dussie says here, though, can we just talk about the Bills the rest of the show? This hurts too much. See, I, I was trying to lay low. I, I, I feel like I, I'm in a bind right here. Because for me, I had mixed emotions. Obviously, I was very excited Saturday because the Bills won. But then I was very sad Sunday night because still was lost. And I feel like I can't even properly mourn and celebrate because of this scenario right here, it's weird. It's weird. Super weird. We do have a bit of breaking news. Uh-oh. Hope it's good news. Eh, not so much. Uh, Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette uh-huh. tweets 20 minutes ago, Steelers facility will be closed today because of possible COVID-19 problems. Okay. I just want to know when did – even. I'm not asking those questions. You do the math. <laughs> Are the modes – I'm not messing with it. I got into. Me- <laughs> I'm not messing with it. I got into media so that I wouldn't have to do math. I mean, so I know. So you close it at the right off my go go. All right, I'm with it, baby. Unless you're the unless you're the scarecrow and you don't have a brain. <laughs> if I only What's had a brain. Wait a minute. I, I think you could put two and two together there. What's up? Lord have mercy. I wonder if the Steelers would have won last night if the facility <laughs> would Okay, I'm sick of Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, R. Bracey. <laughs> Most is losing it over there. Because it just came so out in the blue. I'm like, it's 1.30. Like, <laughs> oh. When did... I don't even, like I said, I don't even want to, I don't even want to know. I'm not asking, what they say, some questions don't have good answers. I'm not asking those questions right now. Don't even worry about it. Or, in the words of our good friend Jack, you can't handle the truth. You're right. I, I can't handle the truth. I can't right, handle I can't the truth. I can't. Uh, R. Bracey says, please, 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 football Jesus, don't let Antonio Brown and Lev Bell face each other in the Super Bowl. 
Oh man, I didn't even. I forgot all about them. You know, yeah. Muggsy. Now that I'm oh, thinking about both this, both of them did it. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about this, not to put salt into the wound, but don't do it. You gonna do it? Do it. <laughs> do it. Do. What's the What's the term like? I don't know. Like people who enjoy. The pain. There's a term for that. I forget what it's called. Oh, right? uh, yeah. yeah. I, I know you're talking about. I don't know the name of it either, though. If, if you want to just pour some salt in your open wound, more so than what happened last night at Heinz Field and the fallout and what it might mean for the future of the Steelers organization, so much unknown going forward. If you look up and look around, the Browns are still playing. The Ravens are still playing. Antonio Brown's still playing. Love Bell's still playing. Tom Brady's still playing. All right, I've said Even enough. your boy Sean Payton, who just got slimed on TV, by the way. Say, big shout props, out, shout out, shout big, out to the slime. Listen, you know that I don't say many nice things yeah. about Sean Payton other than I obviously admit he's a very good football yes. coach. Yes. Big ups to him for being a man of his word yesterday yes. and, and taking the Nickelodeon And not slime. only that, he did it in the, in the 11 Concord lows, too. He did. That was tough. <laughs> Uh, you know I'm a sneakerhead. I'm, I saw the shoes. Stay. I say, "Ew, what are you doing, baby?" I love it though. If you're gonna do it, you do it the right way. He definitely did it the right way. He did. You know I don't give Sean Payton a lot of credit very often, but props to him for 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 being a man of his word and getting slimed there yesterday. Um, we will not today because there's there's too much to get to. But later on in this week, Moats and I will will give. Did you watch any of the the Nickelodeon broadcast? Uh, no, I, I watched it on. Uh, you, were, you were doing. Yeah, I was still doing stuff. like media stuff, yeah. but yeah, I watched it just as like in the background muted because I was already down at the uh, right at Huntsville by then. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was on, but I wasn't even paying attention gotcha. to that standpoint. Gotcha. Which was kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie, that was my first like playoff game as a media yeah. guy. Man, yeah. I was I was hyped. I'm not going to lie. I was definitely hyped, bro. a little bit different. It, it is. It is. A little is. bit different. Uh, David, the Photoshop extraordinaire, wants to know if uh, you think the performance from T.J. Watt last night hurts his defensive player of the year chances. Well, Aren't the I, votes already in? Well, I, I'm not no? sure when the votes were in. That's the only – I wanted to talk – I actually was waiting to talk to uh, to some of the, uh, the other SNR guys who right. are very familiar with the voting process. Should, that's a question for Lolly. Yeah, because I, I'm not 100% sure. I yeah. know with the MVP voting, I feel like that is done regular season, right? Well, they're all supposed to be regular season awards, right? The question well, no, is when they actually when the vote votes. On yeah, them. and that's like the thing. it should be between week seventeen and week between the first right. round of the playoffs. At least if it's that's truly what I a regular thought, season. But I'm not award. sure because I know NBA they do it that way. Yeah, but I am not sure right now, man. Uh, Randy wants to know that hypothetical: if Ben Roethlisberger decides that last night is it and he wants to retire, is Mason Rudolph the guy next year? I feel like he would be in the the mix. It would, I think it would be like almost an audition year for him. Well, see, I don't even think that. I think of when I say in the mix, the Steels would – and this depends on what the Steels' approach would be. Are they looking to become instant contenders right away? Okay, well, if that's the case, then you go out and you try to make a move for some of these quarterbacks. Matthew there. Stafford. Right, uh, uh, a Sam Darnold, a Carson Ryan, Wentz. Maybe. Right, yeah. all these type of guys. You make moves for those guys, and whatever that looks like, they make that happen. Or they go the the, the other route where they draft somebody early on in the draft. But – I don't feel like any of us know that, so that's why for me, I don't. I wouldn't just simply say that it's a, a guarantee that Mason's going to get the keys to the car next year. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. Even though he looked really good in that last game that we saw, because the sample size is still so small, there's no way that they can feel 100% confident that he is the guy with no competition around him either. Like I just think that he might he could beat the guys out. I'm not saying that he wouldn't, right? But I just feel like they're gonna they would at least bring in multiple players yeah. for him to compete with 
for for them to feel fully confident in him getting that that opportunity full time next year if Ben were to not return. Steeler bomb twenty thirty nails it here. We got the Capitol being stormed. We got protests and riots. We've got a worldwide pandemic. There's murder hornets on the horizon. And I forgot about all of it because we got crushed by the dang Browns in the first round. <laughs> yeah. Literally, it, it, it do be it, like that sometimes. You know, the funny thing to me was this. So me and my wife, we we always like to watch TV at night, right? We watch Snap. That's like our little okay. murder shows. We love yeah. it, right? And, you know, every time it's a Sunday night game, Monday night game, we always miss the show because we got to watch sure. the game, right? We're sure. like, cool. And we never, midnight you never have any over. regrets. It's all love. Last night. Midway through that fourth, we looked at each other. I said, "Hey, we really like." We started looking and started the second guess. Like, man, we could have been watching our show for this. This is bad. Like, what is going on? It just <laughs> it hurt my heart. So I feel him on that, man. Without a doubt, I feel him. Golly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Glenn Sad. chimes in here. Um, the word that I was looking for for people who enjoy pain is uh, mas- mas- masochistic. I think is how you pronounce it. Like masochists, that sound right? I think that's the term. But that's what Glenn yeah, says talk, here, and I think he's to right. Me, but I must say, don't don't have me up here saying the wrong thing. I never heard that word. <laughs> <laughs> Cuban Dan says I've taken some time this morning, and you know what? I'm ready for this civil war now. <laughs> that can go ahead. <laughs> that can go ahead and start anytime. I'm good. I'm ready now. Just to take our mind off of it. Let's go, man. Yeah, Thrash says as well too. Uh, masochism. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, mm-hmm. but it, I think I am. Is the word you're looking for? Oh. <sighs> Arthur Motes, Arthur Motes, Arthur Motes. What would we have today if we didn't have each other, Power Grid? At least we're getting through this together. Uh, We're going to get our clock finally back on track here, take our last break. And when we come back, we will, again, just take all of your tweets here, uh, plenty from earlier on in the show and as they continue to roll in. Final thoughts on this Monday. Last Monday uh, that we'll be breaking down a Steelers game that we'll be reacting to a Steelers game. Cool. Mm-hmm. What eight months? Eh, seven no, months. No, no, no. Seven months. Well, February, March, yeah. April, May, June, July, August. Yeah, it's a long time. Six, seven months. Sad. We'll have some preseason games in there, but hopefully, right? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. Because they still try to get rid of preseason games, right? You know, that's too. Like, I, I, was, I was talking about this with my dad this morning in the in, in the context of the whole Ben Roethlisberger retiring thing, and and I even mentioned this to you before we went on air, Motsi. If you listen to Ben the entire season. He seems like a guy who doesn't want to go out in a pandemic year, right? Like, Ben seems like he really missed the, the Latrobe and everything that comes with training camp and the, and the, the fans and, and being at the games. I think a big part of why – I do think Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back with the Steelers next year, and I think that's a big part of it. I think he wants a quote-unquote normal year to go mm-hmm. out in, right? He wants to be able to have the Steelers fans and wave goodbye in his last game and potentially go to training camp in Latrobe and all those things. But who knows, Motsi? <laughs> the way 2021 started out so far, who knows? Who knows? Last chance to get those tweets in. Speak now or forever hold your peace until Wednesday because no show tomorrow. It's Mike Tomlin press conference day. So get them in now or you're waiting about 46 hours to have a chance to ask us any questions. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. We will wrap with your reaction on the other side. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Some sad boys on the Steelers Blitz on SNR.
grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma, I'm gonna set your flag on fire. You're talking about hit now, hit now, hit now, hit now. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Look at my king all dressed in red. I go, I go one day. I bet you five dollars he'll kill you dead. Jagamofina me. Talking about him now. Him now, him now, him now. I go, I go one day. Jagamofino and day. All right, Arthur Mokes, let's get to some reaction here before... Overreactions? Because that's all I'm into. We get out of here. I overreact now. Real quick, no, the Steelers are not trading for Deshaun Watson. Before the 17th person... How do you you know that, though? Before the 17th person uh, (laughs) suggests it. um, Because a brand new NFL GM is not about to trade a 25-year-old quarterback who's already top five in the league and has a really friendly contract for the next four seasons. (laughs) Super under contract, super friendly, yeah, it's a little different. You could argue he hasn't even hit his prime yet at age 25. Oh, no, hasn't hit his prime. Definitely hasn't. Deshaun Watson is going nowhere, brother. Uh, You may not like it, Uh oh, but accept it. Dang, even Randy came in today. Shout out to you, macho. I didn't think it was going to get you... I'm so happy to see you today, though, man. <laughs> Golly. All right, Moats, what do you say we rapid fire some of these questions? Man, here? let's do it, man. We got to end on a high note. I'm excited. All we positivity. Do. We do. Um, Annie wants to know, is offensive line the top priority going into the offseason? Um, depending on what happens with Ben, that will determine the, the biggest priority. But to me, I feel like if Ben is still on the team, priority becomes offensive line or running back. Yeah. James Conner's another one who's a free agent. That's going to be a big-time decision to make. Uh, Steeler Bomb here says, okay, how about some positivity? At the start of COVID, I weighed over 300 pounds. Now I weigh 245. Can hey, we get man. a shout-out for Absolutely. some positivity? Let's go, Big Steeler Big-time shout-out, man. Heck, yeah. Health is wealth, baby. Take care of your body, man. Take care of your mentals and always guard your chicken. And always, <laughs> always guard your chicken. Uh, we got a lot of people, uh, Irie tweeting here. Um, Cuban Dan tweeting here. We got a lot of people just thanking us for the season, and you guys are the best, and we love the show, and and those feelings are mutual. Oh, no question. Uh, We have gotten some questions here, too. Thrash asked this. uh, May asked this. I think Irie asked this as well, too. A bunch of people wondering, is this our last week? Are we still going to be doing the show through the playoffs, through the Super Bowl? What's going on? Here's what we know right now, Arthur Motes. Start uh, This week is business as usual, okay? So no show tomorrow because of the Mike Tomlin press conference, but then you'll have us Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, high noon here as always. Mm-hmm. Starting next week, we're just going to be Tuesday and Thursday, okay? Same so, time, though. Same time, high noon, but just Tuesday and Thursday. No more Mike Tomlin press conferences, so we'll be doing two shows a week, Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Uh, same time, same place, just Tuesday and Thursday. We're going to do that through the Super Bowl, and then – we're going to huddle up and figure out where we're going from there. That's all that we've been told is that starting next week, we go to Tuesday and Thursday, uh, plan to do that through the Super Bowl, and then we'll then we'll figure out what's going on for there. Um, I can imagine combine coverage isn't going to be what it usually is because we won't be in Indianapolis. Um, you know, who knows what draft and OTA and minicamp and all that stuff looks like. But again, you'll have us at least two days a week through the Super Bowl, and then, you know, and Motsi, we'll, we'll figure it out from there. It's the only way we can do it, man. Take it one day at a time, though. That's the big thing. One day at a time. <sighs> All right, let's get to some more quickly before uh, we 
get out of here if I can get my thing uh, to load here. Uh, what Juju Ben Hayden Akura for wants to uh, know if you were surprised that we didn't see uh, any Kevin Dotson last night. Um, I was initially, but at the same time, I wasn't. I was um, surprised because initially I, I, I thought that they would lean towards him instead because of the spark that he had been providing. Even though we said offensively we felt that it wasn't a, a slight at Matt Filer for wanting Dotson out there. We felt that both of those guys should be out there at the same time, but the moves that would have needed to be made, the Steelers just weren't going to do that. So initially, like I said, I thought that, but then I also remembered that, man, this is a big-time game. And Coach Tomlin loves leaning on his veteran players. Yeah. He loves leaning on that that experience factor being the difference. And I thought that was why he went with Fowler. And honestly, Fowler didn't play bad. I know they caught the two penalties on him. The one was a bad call. He was not holding. And then the second one, the RPO, Ben just held the ball too long. I mean, that was why he was downfield. He, him and Pounce were right side by side. Just so happened that he was the number that was called. So obviously people want to you know point right. to him. But he's never been the issue on the, on the offense line this year. When you talk about your top offense lineman, he's in the top three on this offensive line as it stands today whichever guy you want to talk about Pouncey, DeCastro, all those guys included Filers are part of your best three I don't care if you're talking guard or tackle those are the conversations that and things that this team really yeah. didn't want to address yeah and we talk about some of the difficult decisions they're going to make this offseason he's going to be a big catalyst for some of those decisions him mm-hmm. Dotson in terms of DeCastro and some of these other guys on the perimeter of uh, the tackles and stuff like that a lot of it's because of Matt Fowler and 100%. how well he's played at both spots. So was I surprised? Like I said, not really when I thought about it, you know, a little bit more and knowing those things. But it was just unfortunate because we said also that he we, – we felt that Dotson and Fowler were a part of the best five offensive linemen yes. the Steelers had. Yes. And to see them not putting the best five out there was frustrating but, like I said, it, it was expected as well because of the situation, the circumstances, everything that was lying on, uh, everything that was at stake for that game. Yeah. And, and along those lines, Rod Dalla wants to know uh, what we think happens with Big Al in the left tackle position next year. Uh, Most, if I had to guess right now, you ready for this? Oh, here we go now. Your Steelers starting left tackle, you know, what, Labor Day weekend in uh-huh. September for game one. Oh, we get some hot take? Let me get it. Zach Banner. Okay. If I, if I was a betting man, <laughs> Uh, that's all right, all right. that's where that's where I think I'm going today. Uh, to me, I don't think the left tackle is on the roster right now. Ooh, I like it. I understand uh, Banner and Chooks both competed for the uh, the starting right tackle spot. Neither one of them really like blew the other away in it, so it was obviously a closer situation between the two. I, I, I don't personally feel comfortable with either of them at left tackle just yet. Hmm. Obviously, Chooks played a lot better as his thing stretched out. Would love to see more of Bannon once he gets back healthy, but how has he come back from the injury? That's a good point. Weight was a big issue beforehand, and then obviously he did a great job of getting his body where it needed to be, but now he's recovering from an injury. Who knows his timetable in terms of physically getting back to where he needs to be and from a weight standpoint being where he needs to be. So to me, I'm still a little bit, like I said, skeptical of moving either one of them to left tackle. So that's why for me I just don't think that whoever's going to be starting at left tackle, I personally don't feel like they're on the roster right now. CR tweets. I think it's a different CR though because oh, I almost got hyped for a second, I man. Got for a Dang. second because the his his first line of his profile said lived in Chicago. So I Whoa. thought, did CR make a Twitter account? Hey now, um, 
but his profile also says musician, arranger, and songwriter. Ah, that's not CR. And CR's tried to critique our songs here on the show before, but oh, I yeah. don't think from that kind of perspective. Nah, nah, not like that. Different CR, new CR. Welcome to the party, pal. We got hey, dueling now. CRs on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, wants to know if we heard any updates on the status of Highsmith and Hilton, uh, their injury status on them. Nothing really new and i'd imagine it'll take some time yeah until because we hear the offseason now and if there's if it's not something that's going to require surgery or anything like that yeah, you're not gonna you're not much. gonna really hear anything from it no that's Especially just the nature of the beast because yeah. of some covid stuff it looks right. like the facility might even be closed this week and along with the fact that typically a lot of the end of the year injury information would typically come out when you're cleaning out your locker right when you have the loss like they did you have to come in today and you have the beat writers everybody's in there you can talk to an Alex Heisman. You can talk to this guy. You can talk to that guy just randomly, right? Whereas now it's a lot more schedule-oriented because it's virtual. So you're only going to talk to certain players at a certain time. Right. So if Alex Highsmith isn't one of the available players because obviously there are going to be other more pressing players to talk to in terms of Ben, in terms of Juju, in terms of Pouncey and all these other guys, he could you know, just fly under the radar from that standpoint. We would never hear anything about it if it wasn't significant. I agree. I agree. I think mum's going to be the word on a mm-hmm. lot of those things here going forward. Um, and, you know, that's how it goes, uh, unfortunately, when your season ends earlier than you want it to. Uh, that'll do it in terms of the questions on Twitter. We got a bunch of people. Uh, Ryan tweets here. A-, a bunch of different people have tweeted this throughout the show. Ryan talking about how just thanking us for, for the positivity and for keeping everyone up. You guys are great. Well, thank you. Um, we've had a lot of fun doing this. We didn't really get the playoff run that we were hoping for, Motsi. Our third season doing this together. We're still looking for our first playoff win, and that stings. But we got our first playoff appearance, though, this year. We did get year. our first playoff appearance. We got our Trending first division, in the right direction. first division title. Another winning season. Um, you know what we can do here, too, in the interim? Mm-hmm. We, we, let's get Alan Fanica into the Hall of Fame, huh? Right, right. That'll make us feel better here in the interim. I mean, we, we, we've had we got two Hall of Famers that are under our tutelage in terms of Troy pa- Actually, three. Troy Palomalu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donnie Shell mm-hmm. and Bill Cowher. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we got some positivity under our tutelage right now, man. That we do. That we, we, we do. We, we, we're, we're eyeing a potential Defensive Player of the Year award winner as well under our uh, coverage. So, yeah, 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 baby. We we definitely got the thing rolling in the right direction. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but, but we, we you know, we appreciate you guys uh, for sure. For sure. It's been a... <sighs> it's been a fun year. Didn't end the way we wanted to. But you know what, Arthur Motes? Never a dull moment. I mean, oh, we no. we have got plenty to talk about the rest of this week, and certainly as you know, as our show here rolls along. Obviously, we'll still be in the day to day with the Steelers updates and the Steelers decisions and those things. Um, and you know, next week too, we'll obviously on Tuesdays and Thursdays talk about the other NFL games going on in the postseason as well too. Keeping an eye on all of those things. I mean, do we buy our Patrick Mahomes jerseys now, or do we wait until Whoa. Friday? You know, I, 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 I mm, oh no, I'm that. heavy on the Chiefs this weekend. Mm. I, you know what? It, it's painful to say, but for the Browns fans, for those loyal Browns fans that have been doo doo for so long, they deserve this this week. They really do. But I can't, I can't stomach another weekend of Baker Mayfield winning. I can't do it. I can't do it. Let's go, Chiefs. Come on, man. But you know the thing that uh. I always hate when people talk about the karma and things like that, but <laughs> you're just like, dang, we got on them so hard about them T-shirts. People were killing them about them T-shirts last week. Mm-hmm. Here they are. 
Last one for you. We got Still like going. we got like 90 seconds here. Real quick. Do you think there's a chance, like you and I have talked about this before, how you can get so geared up for one game that it can cost you? Mm-hmm. Any danger of that happening to the – like they – Every they finally got over the hump. They beat the Steelers listen, in Pittsburgh listen. for the first time in twenty years. The they went Browns to play. are playing with house money. They weren't supposed to win last night, and their season was going to be viewed as a great success. Them winning yesterday solidified it. If they do anything else this postseason, great. But to them, they just won the Super Bowl. But that's what I mean. Do you, do you, but, but this yeah. is the thing. I, they, I don't feel like they truly fancy themselves as. AFC contenders on that level. When we talked about the teams that were in the playoffs, we said, man, the Steelers were probably the, the the most flawed and the most talented of any of those bunches. Great matchup for those guys, right? It worked out for them. But I don't feel like they truly see themselves as being able to compete with some of these teams. When we talk about your Kansas Cities and your Buffaloes. Mm. When we talk about those teams, I, I don't they, – they can't realistically feel like they have that. Now, granted, they're going to be confident, but I just – I don't think that – Super Bowl or bust was their mentality. Whereas in Pittsburgh, that was the mentality. Think about if we win last night, we don't even care about that wild card game. No, we're, you and I are talking about the Bills we didn't today. Even care probably. about it. You see what yeah. I mean? Whereas for them, that was major. That was massive, big time difference. So that's why, yeah. I, like to them, regardless of if they go out and get beat by seventy to Mahomes, it doesn't matter. If they lose by three, it doesn't matter. If they win, they're still going to look at this it's season great, as but a it's, success. It's, it's a great success for them. Yeah. They literally went from zero to hero. Remember, this team couldn't win a game a couple of years ago, man. They they sure. literally won one game in two years a couple of years ago. That's that's not. And, and this is a new head coach, first year head coach, and Stefanski. And for, now he actually gets to be on the sideline, right? This and this was all during a COVID, a pandemic, everything, right? So for them, man, this is house house money. Like they are all the way good. So that's why I don't even like I don't think they even care I get what you're about saying. having that letdown or anything like that because it, it really isn't gonna matter. They they've overachieved. They've overachieved. You you already, talk yeah. about man, you, you always bring up the miracle on ice, right? The miracle on ice, the miracle on ice, the miracle on ice. It was big for us, right? Because we were underdogs. Nobody expected us to do anything. And even if there was gonna be another game after that, it wouldn't have mattered because what? We beat the the, the one that nobody well, you know, thought could happen. To, they did have to play a game after that, but yeah. But no I, one cares about it, right? No one no one cares about it. No one cares about it because of that game and how significant it was. They could have lost thirty to zip. They could have won thirty to zip. No one talks about it. No one cares about it because what? That wasn't the big game. The big game was that one that they had against the Soviets. So Similar situation right here. You want to know real quick? No, you know what? I really like that parallel. I do. That That's good. And that reminds me of one of my favorite hockey stories ever. So the, the United States had to beat Finland to win the gold medal mm-hmm. like three days after that massive upset of the Russians. Right. At the end of uh, the second period, Team USA was down 2-1 to one in the gold medal game to the Finns. And Herb Brooks came into the locker room, and all he said to the team was, if you lose this game, you'll take it to your graves. <laughs> I don't think Kevin Stefanski's coming in the locker room and saying if Not you lose to the Chiefs, you're going to take Not it to your grave. <laughs> Absolutely. Not at all. He, he, you know what he's telling them? Hey, man, play like you know. You just be right, carefree. You have play nothing loose. to lose. Yeah. You have nothing to lose. Yeah. It's house money. And that's a dangerous team. A team with nothing to lose is dangerous. That's, that's, that's how you sell it to that's them, man. That's true. All right, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back on Wednesday at high noon uh, the entire week, every, every day except for tomorrow at noon. Uh, Mike Tomlin press conference tomorrow. Um... And Mozi, we live to fight another day. High noon on Wednesday. That's when we'll catch you next. And as always, you know where to find us. It's on your 24-7.
home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs>